Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Next year, EU regulations will come into force which mandate that speed limiters be fitted to all new vehicles. So how exactly does that work? The Transport Communicator, Conor Falken, joins us now. Conor, good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Sean. Hiya. Uh, So when they say a speed limiter, what does that mean specifically? Well, it's a bit of clever technology in the car. It's not that revolutionary, Sean. We're kind of used to it. Um, But cars these days have all sorts of systems in them that can tell the driver when you're exceeding the speed limit. If you have a relatively recent car, you've probably got something like that in your car. It'll show on the dashboard what the speed limit is, and maybe it'll flash at you or beep at you you if you break that speed limit. And the EU is basically saying that all new cars now must have that or something like that fitted in them as standard if they're to be sold in the EU. So in and of itself, Sean, it's, well, it's, it's exciting, I guess, if you're a bit of a tech nerd, because it's amazing how these things work, uh, you know, looking at how the car itself knows what the speed limit is and what it's doing and where it's getting its data. But from the driver's point of view, normally what it means is that if you break the speed limit, something happens in the car and the car tells you. So it'll beep at you, flash at you. It might even slow itself down. Mm. like an adaptive cruise control type thing. But in all cases, at the moment anyway, Sean, a human override applies. So a bit like your cruise control. I mean, if, if you uh, cars have had cruise control for a long time, many people will be familiar with that. Um, you know, that's a, you, on the motorway or wherever you are, you press a button and the car will hold that speed itself. Um, but whenever you intervene, put your foot on the accelerator or the brake or the clutch, and it immediately touches off and the driver is back in control. So something like that. Um, but these systems are getting ever, ever cleverer, Sean. And, uh, you know, the legislation behind them is it's getting more and more complicated. And eventually where this road is going to lead probably will be in, in robotic cars and self-driving cars. We're probably on a journey to those. Yeah, but at the same time, could one argue that in a very limited set of circumstances, but it might be unsafe. You always need that option to be able to perhaps go over the speed limit, if only temporarily. Yeah, very much so. And so at the moment, and and for as far as we can see, it's envisaged at least for the number, you know, for the next generation, that automatic, that sorry, driver control or driver override. So um, the driver can take control if needs be. So you can, for example, accelerate if you needed to do so to complete an overtaking manoeuvre. Uh, the driver can make the final decision. So it's, it's, it's not the machine that will do it. It will ultimately be the driver. The machine will just warn and suggest and prompt. And we're kind of used to thinking, Things like that, you know, the steering wheel vibrates if the car is drifting out of the lane and some modern clever systems. Mm. And they have things called, you know, some cars are actually visually looking. They're physically reading road signs with optical character recognition. Some are using things like LiDAR. And most are using the GPS network and the digital map that exists. So um, even if you don't have one of those sort of fancy new cars that does fancy new car things, a bit like not having a brand new smartphone. But if you're in just an ordinary, you know, eight or nine year old car, if you ever use the sat-nav function on Google, you'll actually see on it uh, that it has the speed limit. And, you know, if you exceed the speed limit, it'll it'll show you. So Google knows precisely where you are and precisely what the speed limit is meant to be in that spot. 
and it will tell you. Uh, so really all this new law means is that all cars have to have something that does something like that. Uh, they don't yet take over, but um, they could, Sean. Uh, you know, te- technically, uh, as I say, ultimately, technically, cars will be making these decisions for themselves. Um, and, and, and our human, in the end, won't be so much driving the car as just telling it where to go and the car will, will take it there itself. Yeah. Is this just about safety? Uh, um, given that the speed limit varies in different parts of Europe anyway. In, in, on, on the face of it, it's just about safety and it's just a soft driver warning. Hey, you're exceeding the speed limit. Um, but the technology that enables it, um, all cars are tracked, Sean. So every car you've got in Europe, uh, you know, Big Brother knows where it is. That's very helpful if the car crashes and the airbag goes off and the car can automatically tell the emergency services where it is. And that's brilliant. That can save lives. But it also gives you a data set, which means practically every citizen can be tracked at all times. So there's there's data protection concerns. Eventually, it wouldn't surprise me if we use that sort of movement data as the basis on which vehicles are taxed. So you might find yourself paying a charge for driving into the city of a morning and the system will always know where your car is. And that will probably be safer for, you know, fewer road deaths. It probably will be safer. Um, but there's plenty of people are just more than a little bit uncomfortable about the extent to which this uh, monitoring becomes intrusive, Sean. Mm-hmm. I imagine so. Connor, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was uh, the transport commentator, Connor Faulkner, there. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.